So how important is it that we should be active in the church? And what is this thing we call the church? Well, every Sunday in the Creed, we acknowledge some of the church's characteristics. We say that these are the four marks of the church. She is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. That probably sounds familiar to all of us. And then today's readings shed some light on these four marks of the church. So how was the church one? Our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles tells us that the apostles, the elders, and the whole church sent representatives. So this shows the importance of that shared responsibility among bishops, who are the successors of the apostles, the priests, which comes from that same word presbyter, which is also translated sometimes elder, like we have in today's reading, and the whole church, it says, which includes, of course, the laity, the biggest group in the church, and each group working in their own proper role. And the drama of this scene in our reading from the Acts of the Apostles comes about because some preachers went out teaching without any mandate from the church. This simply means they were, they were not sent by anyone, anyone with authority. And that English word mandate has kind of a different nuance to it. So we have to know that we're talking about just being sent. So we notice the importance of being sent in today's reading. And we also notice it's important because St. Paul writes about it in another place in his letter to the Romans. In chapter 10, we have this reminder of the church's task of making disciples. And this is what Paul says about being sent. But how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone to preach? And how can people preach unless they are sent? And that's the end of the quote. So we notice there's a presumed expectation of having to be sent by someone with authority. Someone who has the authority to send someone else. And one of the reasons that we have over 30,000 denominations of churches in the United States is that well-meaning people have preached their own ideas about being sent without being sent by someone with authority. And one of the ways the oneness of the church is safeguarded is this thing that we call the papal mandate. At the ordination of a new bishop, the ordaining bishop asks, is there a mandate from the Holy Father? And then someone answers, yes. And that ordaining bishop then says, read it. So they have to read it publicly that the Holy Father mandates or sends this man to be ordained a bishop by this other bishop. So if the papal mandate is skipped, then what happens is a splintering in the church. The new bishop and whoever consecrates him has just caused a schism or separation in the, in the unity of the church. And in the gospel for next Sunday... Jesus prays that we may all be one as he and the Father are one. But the problem is most of us won't hear that gospel because the Feast of the Ascension gets moved to next Sunday, so we miss the seventh Sunday of Easter. But anyway, we could ask ourselves, what does this mean for me that the church is one? And maybe we can ask ourselves, how can I serve the unity of the church? Making that part of our prayer, asking ourselves that, or asking God that, on a regular basis. Then the church is holy. She is holy because she was founded by Christ and he calls her his mystical body. 
Today's reading shows that the church is guided and taught by the Holy Spirit. When we quote that reading, it is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us. So what does that mean for us? The church is holy and we're all members of this church. Of course, that doesn't mean that we're automatically holy ourselves, but it's an invitation, I think, to strive for holiness. It's an invitation to have a conversion of heart so that we can become more and more like Christ and his mystical body, the church. Then we have heard, of course, that the church is Catholic. This Greek word Catholic means worldwide, universal, everyone's invited, or for everyone, all-inclusive. And today's reading tells us that some of the new Christians who were of Jewish origin, they were taught that all Christians had to take on the complex Jewish ritual and purity laws. But the apostles, the bishops, and priests who met together in that first council, they upheld the belief that the church is meant for all nations, not just for that one nation. And then today's psalm, it foreshadows that all the nations will be invited to salvation. And Jesus still does this work of salvation through his instrument, which is the church, his mystical body. So what does that mean for us, though? If the church is universal, the church is Catholic, perhaps it could mean for us that we help each other get to heaven. Finally, the church is apostolic, founded on the 12 apostles of the Lamb, as we heard in that reading from Revelation today, that second reading. In the Acts of the Apostles, all the faithful, including St. Paul, they look to the apostles for the authentic teaching of the Christian faith. So what does this example mean for us? Maybe it can mean for us that we have the humility to maybe even be thankful, practicing these virtues of, of gratitude and humility, noticing that the authentic teaching of the church comes to us from the apostles through the bishops who exist today. These four marks of the church give us great peace of mind. We don't need to be troubled or afraid, as Jesus says in today's gospel. We can know him. We can know his teachings by knowing him in his mystical body, the church.